This episode of Spread the Floor is brought to you by Joshua Sodder, designer and illustrator. The design world can be intimidating to navigate, and finding a high-quality designer who won't kill your budget can be super difficult. Fortunately, our friend Joshua Sodder provides a fantastic solution. Joshua has done tons of work for us here at Spread the Floor, including the design of our logo, as well as designs for our social media. He always listens to our ideas and requests, keeps in touch with us through the process, and gives us a ton of great options to choose from and work with. He's a true professional and goes above and beyond to collaborate with us on whatever project we have in mind. You can check out Joshua's work for yourself by going to joshuasodder.com and browsing through his portfolio. He's done some incredible work for Kent State University's Apple Store, startups and agencies all across the country, and podcasts like Mad About Movies. Check out joshuasodder.com or his Instagram at joshuathedesigner and hit him up for all your design and illustration needs, from logos to merchandise, branding to websites, and tell him we sent you. Thanks, Joshua. Now on to the show. This just in, a hero is more than a sandwich. Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Ronnie Cycli to my bimbo Coles. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how are you, buddy? Doing well. I, I'm not as sweaty as Ronnie Cycli, but <laughs> I'm doing well. Ronnie Cycli is a well world-renowned DJ now. Did you know this? I did not know that, yeah. and that makes me like him more. Is that sad? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm big on the Ronnie Cycli train. I, I like Ronnie Cycli. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start every single week when, we, when I do this <clears throat> intro, and anytime I use, like, a 90s basketball player, I'm going to immediately follow it up with, like... What are they doing with, now? <laughs> with that, but also I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make a case for why that person would be more successful in today's NBA cuz <laughs> that seems to be like the thing. Man, if you uh if Ronnie Cycli was in today's NBA, he'd shoot probably four or five threes a game and just really spread the space the floor and uh yeah, he's he's just a man a man out of time, you know. He just he had a misfortune yeah, of playing too early. Ronnie Cycli was just fine where he was. <laughs> just leave it alone. Good gracious. <laughs> I'm getting really tired of that narrative, honestly. But oh, you know, every, that's a yeah, whole other show. <laughs> you know, um, I've been writing this book for like three years. This '90s basketball book forever that no one will ever read except for you. And uh, and I tried very hard through the course of of what I've written so far. Of like, I'm not gonna do that bit. I'm not gonna spend all my time talking about how. Uh, you know, whatever player from the 90s that I loved, how much better he would be in today's game because of the way that the, you know, the, the coaching works and spacing the floor and all this sort of stuff. I'm not going to do that. I made one big exception with that, uh, with the, the chapter that I just, that I just finished because I was like, there's no, I just don't, I really truly believe it. I don't, I think, I think that this player, and I won't, I won't spoil it, but I think that this particular player would be so much better in the 2010s and the 2020s than he was uh in in the 90s he would be better off anyway but uh but i but i because i'm with you it that narrative gets overused so much and it drives me it drives me a little bit insane uh we're not here <laughs> to talk about 90s basketball players though although I, i'm always happy to do so anytime uh, our listeners want that um we're here to talk about the lakers and the heat but mostly the Lakers, let's be real. This will be a big Laker-intensive show. I think mm-hmm. we are probably guilty, Tobin, uh, over the course of the last few months of talking about the Lakers not as much as other 
NBA podcast. And I think that's partly because every NBA podcast was doing it and partly because it always felt like I'm not sure how inevitable the Lakers felt as far as they're going to be the champions at the end of this thing. But there was always a feeling of like, we will have plenty of time to talk about the Lakers later because they are going to be in this for the long haul. So yeah, that, that is and they, they also have like two or three players that are like basically mortal en- enemies of us. So yeah, yeah, I didn't like, I, don't, I got tired of talking about, I don't want to talk about the Lakers. So, uh-huh. uh, but we, we will, we obviously will do that a lot tonight because that is the big focus of our episode. Um, we're also going to quickly discuss just the bubble and some news and notes, some coaching things, and we may take a break from basketball for three minutes uh, to talk about something something else entirely. But uh, before we get into Heat Lakers and mostly Lakers, Tobin, a few news and notes things from around the league. The NBA is has said that they will give eight weeks of notice before the start of the season per John Hollinger which would mean for a Martin Luther King Day start time, we would know that by November 23rd at the latest. I actually think listening to uh, I listened to Jerry, Jared Dudley's podcast today with, with Simmons and Rosillo. I've listened to a few others coming in and out of these various podcasts and written pieces and stuff like that. I think that MLK Day is relatively accurate i mean i'm not gonna it's, it's certainly not 100 percent, but it feels like that's where we are headed towards and i would also i would be ve- i know they're saying eight weeks is great i would be very surprised if we had the nba draft uh without a a notice of when the next season is going to start mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with that it sounds like and today the the news was that they were going to give the like the, you know, moratorium head start or whatever before they would, like they would announce it. What, what was it, like two months in advance or something like that? Or not two months, so, I'm sorry, eight weeks. It was like eight weeks in advance. Yeah. yeah. Free agency, they have they have stated, I think pretty, I don't know that it's like set in stone, set in stone, but it sounds pretty, uh, pretty well official that free agency is going to start December 1st. So we're going to have the draft on November the 18th. Free agency will begin on December 1st. They are also, this was also announced today or yesterday, they are going to open the transaction window at some point before the draft, that they are uh, at least passively bargaining on that with, uh, with the players to figure out when we can start having uh, trades and whatnot to lead up to the draft. And there was some question as to whether or not that was going to happen at all, that we might not get, that we might get to draft day without there being uh, a transaction window of all. Now, I mean, Traditionally, there's not a ton of activity that takes place before the draft anyway. Um, I know like the Chris Paul trade a couple of years ago when he went to Houston, I think that that happened before the draft. And so, I mean, there are things, there are times that it happens, but it's not usually like, okay, the window's open, here's 20 trades or anything like that. But it does sound like we're starting to get some, some official uh, dates or we're leaning in that direction. MLK Day, does that sound right to you? You think it's going to be later? What, what's your take? I think MLK Day makes sense um, for a lot of reasons. But, yeah, I would say that's a good thing to look for. I was hoping for Christmas, you know, selfishly. Yeah. I also think it would be really cool to, like, come in on a holiday break when a lot of people are at home for the holidays and stuff. Um, so I'm still hoping for Christmas, but I think MLK makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we are a typical off season. The NBA Finals wraps up somewhere in mid-June. And then uh, the basket, I mean, excuse me, the regular season begins mid-October. So you're talking a four-month break between between games. Obviously, there's training camp and summer league and all that sort of stuff in between there. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, that would put you uh, somewhere in in mid-February. But I also think there is a, a piece of... I think the hardest thing that they're going to have to figure out is not really when the start date is for this season, but what is the start date for next season? Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we figure out how to fit this whole... I mean, I assume they're going to want to get 82 games or as close to it as possible into next season. So what does the calendar look like for the 2021-2022 season if we don't start this thing until mid-February or, or even even early March? How does that work, you know, and, and trying to figure out where you... Because you're totally right. They want to play on Christmas. This year, it's not feasible. It's just not going to happen. But, um, but I, I think that's a they, they view that as a marquee day for the NBA and so to to lose out on that for multiple seasons in a row or forever I guess if you really want to look at it that way I think it's a that's something they want to avoid so mm-hmm. I don't know that we're going to end up back at the place where the season begins in mid-October as it has for forever you know in our lifetimes anyway we're close enough to it um but trying to figure out, okay, where is that start date and moving forward? And do we make that a permanent thing? Or is this like a three-year plan to sort of slowly roll back the calendar to get to where we're starting around that time every year? Mm-hmm. And they, we've said before they wanted to do this. I mean, it kind of worked out mm-hmm. in their favor. It's just, you know, they, I, I just feel like they're afraid to like just go with that decision for a lot of reasons. But I, part of me kind of wishes they would, that Silver would just come out and say, this is now our new you know, yeah. start and finish date. And I know that they're part of that probably is because I, I bet the NFL is probably telling them, don't do that. You know, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure that they're, you know, like, I mean, let's be real. Like the NBA, like not that they're going to compete with the NFL's like billion, billion dollar industry necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do think they could take a, you know, a cut out of their, their playoff ratings. If the, if the NFL keeps trending the way they're trending, you know, because, yeah, maybe the flip side of that is that that by traditional metrics, everything will tell you that the ratings were were down for the finals and the playoff for good stretches of the playoffs this year. And so potentially yeah. now I think some of that's bull. I um, agree. I think some of it is based on antiquated methods of, of tracking. I think some of it is based on this is 2020 is such a wheels off year. <clears throat> it's almost impossible to to figure those things out. And I definitely think that those, those metrics don't take into account uh, a global audience, which is a huge part of, of the NBA ecosystem that mm-hmm. does not exist nearly as much for the NFL or uh, MLB or, or whatever you, you want to say. And so there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I do wonder if they're, if in the, the NBA office this week, they're looking at those ratings and I, you know, again, I assume they have better ratings than what we are provided with. I assume they know what the streaming numbers look like and, and things like that. But I wonder if they're looking at all those things and saying, okay, yeah, this was a weird year, but even if we kind of extrapolate that out and predict a little bit more, is this a good fit for us going up against uh, the beginning of football when potentially that may be the the highest level of of viewer excitement you know is is the, the you know the first month or so of of the NFL season so i don't know i think there's there's things to be to be sorted out there for sure and mm-hmm. i'm not sure where we end up i i do i mean there's no way long term that the nba's goal is to play the finals and the conference finals up against 
football up against the beginning of of the football season. I, they want to get out of this by Labor Day, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Wherever it has to start to end at Labor Day or, or however that plays, then that's where they want to go. I don't think they want the finals up against Sunday night football, Monday night football, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's probably a smart And it makes the sense, too, ball. because they can, you know, the beginning of their season going against the NFL playoffs is not as big for ratings, too. So, I mean, that's that, mm-hmm. that's not as big of a mm-hmm. deal. And so I just, it just... For sure. Just get it done, man. Just do it. Like, I mean, like, like yeah. that's, that's kind of like, you know, selfishly, it would be kind of a bummer because, like, you know, I, I actually like the schedule now because it's a nice, like, you know, for me, school starts and then right after that, mm-hmm. basketball mm-hmm. starts and... You know, but at the same time, like it would be, you know, I, I don't, I'm not watching a ton of football anymore, but it would kind of give football, especially college football, a chance to kind of just have their own thing for a few months and then let basketball come in. So, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know who doesn't want that schedule is baseball. Oh, baseball yeah. does not want it. The it NBA might kill baseball, which encroaching on please their, do it. Their territory. So, so. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit of coaching news, the scuttlebutt. I like that word, uh, around coaching circles. There's there's a bunch. I'm just going to read these off real fast, and then let's just dance all over the place, okay? Um, Mike D'Antoni is potentially joining the bench uh, in Brooklyn for Steve Nash. Um, Stan Van Gundy is reportedly one of the big names that is associated with the Pelicans. That kind of came out of nowhere mm-hmm. beginning of the week and then really, really caught on quickly, so... I think there's some serious uh, fire to that smoke. Chris Finch is considered the front runner for the job in Indiana. Sam Cassell and Mike Brown have interviewed for the Clippers head coaching vacancy. And Ty Lu apparently is st- he, Ty Lue is definitely still in the running for Houston, New Orleans, and the Clippers. And yet all three i i'm very curious to see what happens with with him i i want to know i really want to know what's going on with that because he seemed like maybe that's where we start he ty Lu seemed like the the pick of the litter um at the beginning of the the coaching carousel bit uh and it seemed like he was a he was a natural fit for the clippers when they fired Doc Rivers, uh, and after that, I thought, well, I mean, I think Houston probably is where he's. I didn't. I don't think he's a great fit for New Orleans, but that's fine. Like he, he's a name there, and he has some value and stuff. And yet, we're still. It's. I guess what I'm saying is, I'm surprised he's not hired yet. It, mm-hmm. For for somebody whose name is so hot, and this is the second off season in a row where he's been really touted, but but then there's also, I mean, there's been the rumors that like he and Chauncey Billups are trying to be a package deal. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely, I don't think it's a rumor anymore. I don't know what the number is, but I, I think we can definitively say at this point that the, the starting salary that he is, uh, that he is requesting is potentially significantly higher than what some of these other guys are getting apparently. But it, I don't know where, where do you stand on Ty Lue and, what do you think happens with these other jobs? I think he was the best name out there until some of these other names started coming out of nowhere. <laughs> sure. And I think that's what's happened is that he's kind of like the safety. He's kind of the fallback. So, like, if the Pelicans don't get Van Gundy, then maybe they'll turn back to Ty Lue. And it's like I told you, you know, I told you a couple weeks ago, like, I just don't see what the draw on him is, is as much. Like, I mean, I'm not saying he can't be a good coach, but he really hasn't proven that he's – worth a like that's it, it went more back to why did you fire doc rivers to possibly replace him with Ty Lue? that was what that was my question in 
you know, if he goes to some place like Indiana or something, that's a little bit different. But I don't think he wants to go there. I think he wants to go to like a Clippers or a Pelicans and have like the hot name and the hot chance to possibly win a title. Um, I don't think he wants to go and build a team and possibly mm. break down a team. And so um, I, I don't I'm not high on him and I never really have been. I'm not saying he can't be good. I just don't like I think that basically what we're seeing here is that, oh, whenever the Van Gundys put their names in the hat, that's a pretty immediate upgrade. And I think Stan, like it came out of nowhere, but he has been so much more vocal like on Twitter and stuff lately. Like, and I, I think I even told you off the air like a few months ago or a couple weeks ago that like Van Gundy's way more vocal now than he used to be. And I'm wondering if there's a reason behind that. And it was good stuff. It was like, you know, for black lives matter and like the, you know, the players rights and stuff like that. And then now all of a sudden it's like, okay, so he's just trying to get, I mean, not just trying to, but it sounds mm-hmm. like he's, he's, he's getting his name back out there because he wants to come back in, you know, and he's done, he's done yeah. a great job as a color analyst too. So, um, yeah, he was fantastic on TV. He yeah. was immediately one of, if not the best, uh, in, in that, that game. He was very good at that, very quickly. Yeah, and so, I don't know, I, it just, I, I really don't know, you know, you, you talked about how you weren't sure how Van, you know, Jeff Van Gundy was going to be with that big of a layoff. I think that if I had my, my ranking, and let me say to you, I don't know anything about Chris Finch. Like, I, I know that he was a big D-League guy, and I know that, He's been an associate head coach for the Rockets, but it, the thing that makes me worried about that, if I'm if I'm anybody, is why was he an associate head coach at three different places that all had hirings in between that, you know? And so, but like if I had to rank them, it'd probably be Jeff and Gundy, Stan and Gundy, and then Ty Lue, and then Mike Brown, because yeah. <laughs> I just I don't want to see Mike Brown be a head coach anymore, and I don't even know what to think about Sam Cassell, to be honest with you. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Mike Brown. I I love Mike. We've talked about this previously. I love Mike Brown. I think he's a he's a super awesome dude that would be great to get a beer with. He's not. He just isn't. A, he's not a head coach. He's not a good head coach. I'm sorry. It's it's just it is what it is at this point. I don't understand interviewing him for that gig, um, unless it is just specifically a Kawhi or Paul George mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you should give Mike Brown a look," and just trying to appease him. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get. It. But like, I, I'm confused with Ty Lue. My thing is, I, I am all for any team, Clippers or, or other team, doing their due diligence and and going through the motions and 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 uh, you know interviewing different different guys that come in for the job and whatnot. That's that's great and it's smart. It's the way it should be done. But it's very weird to me that they didn't hire that they haven't yet hired Ty Lue. I I don't know. It's 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 yeah, cuz again it goes back to who is out there that is better than the coach you had. And I'm not saying that they didn't need a change like yeah. I mean they might be fine, but like if 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 Ty Lue is part of the like the discussions of why we let Doc go, then just give him the job already. Yeah. Like what has happened that has made him like made his name cool off. And the only thing I could think of also is that you know, and before today's news, I thought, okay, maybe Mike D'Antoni not getting hired in Philly was was the reason for that. And now D'Antoni's saying that he might join Steve Nash in Brooklyn. And right. so, like, right. you know, which is what Mike Brown should do is never – he should yeah. be, always stay, be on – Stay with Golden yeah, State. stay with Golden yeah. State, man. Like, in yeah. in D'Antoni going to Brooklyn could be awesome. It could be fantastic for Brooklyn. 
And mm-hmm. so now it's like, okay, so if you're not getting D'Antoni in that situation, then what are really what are you waiting for? Because like, unless there's a name that I'm not I'm not knowing, or we like some names that come out that we have never heard of or that we're not expecting. Right. You know, now that the playoffs are over, you know, Mark Jackson and Jeff and Gundy, and you know, I'm, this is this is not happened. You know, not the names have not been out there, but like Jason Kidd or mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric Spolstra or whoever. Like if they if they thought they had a chance of them, now they can actually go get them and interview right. them. So that's the only thing I can think of is that maybe the Clippers are thinking to themselves, "Let's go get Jason Kidd now," or mm-hmm. you know, "Let's go get mm-hmm. Jeff and Gunny now that he uh, right you know right. now that he's not calling games." Yeah. So I just I just yeah. don't know. It it feels like both Houston and uh, the Clippers. I don't know if this is fair or not. The way that it comes across is that both of those teams are not sold on Ty Lue as their guy because they both have had ample opportunity to hire him while Jeff Van Gundy is in the bubble and can't meet with them in person or, or whatever. But they, it's not like they're you know disconnected from the internet or something. If they want to have a Zoom call with Jeff Van Gundy, they can do that, and I assume that they have. I It just strikes me as odd that that both of those teams – that his name has been so associated with with both of those those teams, like to the point that on, I expected that by the time we recorded this, we were recording on Wednesday night. I I expected earlier this week that they were going to ha- that Houston was already going to have hired Tyloo by the time we got to this. The way that it was trending, uh, you know, the beginning of the week, maybe end of last week, and now we're still sort of. It it feels like both the Clippers and Houston are like jostling for Jeff Van Gundy and whoever loses might hire Ty Lue. I don't know. It's just a very, it's very odd. And look, I'm not, I, I think I said previously, I don't really know what Ty Lue, Ty Lue brings to the table as a coach. I don't know. I don't know because we've never really, we saw him with LeBron. I think he did a couple of interesting things on that Cavs team. I know that they won a title, et cetera, et cetera. I, and then they were like, the worst team in the league when LeBron left. And I understand LeBron left like that's really impossible, but it wasn't like he was doing anything with that, that bad team that would make you think like, I don't know, somebody like, uh, like James Borrego in, in Charlotte was like getting the most out of a, just a garbage roster of players and things like that. So I just, I don't know. That's all I'm saying is I don't know where he stands on this. And you definitely, we know he is coming in saying I am going to be paid like, a championship winning coach because I won a championship. And it, it seems like some of these teams are kind of balking at, at that. And I know that will be a factor for Houston because mm-hmm. we know Tillman Fertitta's not spending if he doesn't have to spend. And so I don't know, man, it's just, it's interesting. This could all be done by tomorrow right now, as we're recording, Woj is saying that Van Gundy interviewed, uh, had a strong interview with, with Houston today and, and we'll be back for more tomorrow. So that could be done by, by Thursday, and then maybe the Clippers say, all right, we didn't get Van Gundy, so we're hiring Lou. It's just a weird, it's just been weird. That's all I'm saying. I, yeah, I, and that's I'm the thing. is like this is kind of a, this has gone down. It's kind of a weird, like, normally the free agency kind of rolls this way, but now it seems like the coach is like, okay, once one coach signing goes down, mm-hmm. the rest yeah. of them will fall in place, which is which is fine. It's just it's just different. We haven't seen yeah. this in a while. <laughs> sure. It's a, there's a lot of openings, too. I think mm-hmm. there was nine openings total. Um, so, you know, it's it's tough. I just... It really weirds. It's just very odd to me that that the Clippers especially didn't didn't hire Lou since they have him on their staff and have the most acts and have had a lot of lead up time on this. It's just it's it's just an interesting. I love Van Gundy. 
I love Stan Van Gundy for New Orleans, though. I think that's a mm-hmm. great fit. That would probably be the guy that I would hire out of all of these these dudes that are left. I think I don't know that you're ever winning a championship with Stan Van Gundy as your head coach, but I do know that that's not the concern for the New Orleans Pelicans right now. They just need professionalism and legitimization and somebody who is competent. And he was awful in Detroit, but I think that is that boils down to he was a, just a world-class, terrible GM, and he brought in players that, that were awful and mm-hmm. didn't work together. And so if you've got a strong front office, which they do, then I, I don't know. I think Van Gundy could be really good for, for New Orleans, and that's probably who I, would, who I would go with. But I don't know, man. There's a lot of interesting stuff. I, I, you mentioned the D'Antoni. I love Mike D'Antoni as an offensive coordinator somewhere, whether it's Brooklyn or, or somewhere else. I think that could be... That would be a great fit for him, and mm-hmm. it'd be he's so he's so likable and easy to root for. Um, he just doesn't know how to make any adjustments whatsoever. So yeah, so let, the, let the other great. coach do this. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm sure there will be so much coaching talk mm-hmm. uh, over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure. I, I imagine that over the next two weeks we will see all these teams sort of settle in on who they're going to take and make their hirings and all that stuff. You know, what we haven't heard one peep about to this point is Oklahoma city. I don't even know who they're considering for. There's gotta be some name that they have that no one else has got eyes on that they think they're going to get. Cause they, they, yeah. I'm not even sure if they've interviewed anybody like, cause I haven't, I seen, don't know either. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about that, that job. Um, I do think that that is by design that they, they're going, they are the most likely team to, to hire, uh, an assistant off of a, a, a well-respected assistant off of somebody's bench and start the, their process, mm-hmm. right? Like, that is that is what we expect is going to happen. So, I don't know. I don't know who that ends up being, but it's just interesting. There's all these na- – Indiana interviewed 47 people for their head coaching job, and we have no clue who, who Oklahoma City has talked to at all. So, um, there was a report from the Ringers KOC <laughs> that the Wolves are trying to trade the number one pick for win-now players. What do you think about that, Tobin? I, I texted you about this earlier today, and I don't know who is out there that you would possibly get, you know, for this number one pick in a very, like, historically bad draft. Like, it's just, you know, it's this is the this is the perfect draft to not trade for the number one pick and then get into the low lottery and hope you hit <laughs> on a guy that doesn't cost you as much money, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like is LaMelo ball or James Wiseman really going to be a franchise changing player to where you can trade? The only thing I can think of too, is like maybe if they're, if it's like a player that, you know, could be a win now player, that's also a salary dump. And the only person I can think of like that would be like, you know, Bradley bill or John wall. But I don't know if I would consider John wall a win now player. He's barely even playing, you know? And so I saw John, I saw John wall and Bradley bills names thrown around today on, you know, people and like trade NBA and stuff like that. And then I saw that the Knicks want ball really bad. And so that, that, that they were the ones that were like, we'll take the money and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll garner bad trades to get this number one or whatever. But I just don't, I don't know. I don't know how in the world you, you would do that. I just don't, I mean, have you seen anybody come in there? That's like, you know, could possibly be a win now player for that pick. I mean, I I haven't seen anybody. No, No, I, the wolves, It's not as bleak as Detroit or 
the Knicks or the Cavs, one of those those teams that is like really stuck in their development and in a really really bad place with very few you know assets. Um, like Detroit, I mean Detroit, I think to me is number one on the the bleakest future <laughs> rankings. If we were we were doing that, to me Minnesota is sneaky high on that list because. I mean, you have Cat and you have D'Anthony. I mean, not D'Anthony, sorry. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, if the regular season started right now, I and I just could. If, if you could just bet on where does this team finish in the conference each year, I, I, I think I would bet on like 13th in the West. I mean, it's not good. They're in a bad spot. I don't think that cat and Russell work together very well. Um, this number one pick is, as you just said, like this is a tough, tough spot to have tough year to have the number one pick. Their pick next year is, I believe only top three protected to golden state. I mean, it's, it's a bad way. And I just, I don't see, I just don't see like this roster could be this. This is a team that could be competitive in the beginning of the season, but I just see it falling apart when it's all said and done because it's freaking hard to win games in the West. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a slaughterhouse next year. And mm-hmm. so I just, I don't know. I mean, I love Jarrett Culver cause he's our guy, but. And that's the thing the, too, is I think if you're going to trade for a player that is going to get you a good, a, a decent return, I think that mm-hmm. Culver is going to have to be a part of that trade. And then you're mortgaging your future even more to like not, yeah. you know, to not do this very well. Right. So. I mean, I just don't know that they, uh, I don't know that they have the assets to go after somebody, even with that number, that number one pick just isn't that valuable this year. So I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know who you are sending that pick to that then returns some, I mean, you mentioned Bradley Beal, like what kind of package? I mean, I just, and does Bradley Beal even want to be there? And honestly, does Bradley Beal with that twosome make you that much better? I mean, I I know he makes you better. Does he make you a top four team in the West? No. No. I mean, it's, and he might not sign there after this next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a really, uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not. To me, I'm you're better. To me, if you're with the Wolves, your better move is to trade back and get future ones. You know, find that find the team that's dumb like yeah. the Knicks that are sold on the mellow ball or well, I don't know whoever, but like find that that team and say here's the, here's the one. Now give us your first pick next year and give us right. You know, give right. us this give give us this. Then maybe throw in I don't know yeah. Mitchell Robinson and see what happens. I don't know. Like yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. I just think this is the mistake that a lot of teams make where they where you you put artificial pressure on yourself. And I mean, look, it's not all artificial because you're paying Cat and Russell a lot of money, and it is really hard to pay guys a ton of money while you are losing a lot of games. It's, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. I would try, I think if I'm in charge there and who even knows with their ownership situation, that's another huge part of mm-hmm. this is there's, there's gotta be some pressure to, uh, to, to, to have a team that is, that looks good to sell. And I just, I think that's a, that's a powder keg of bad, of a, you know, that's the perfect storm, you know, of, of how you make poor decisions where you, you end up trading the number one pick for somebody who is an okay fourth player instead of just saying, hey, look, we're, f- we're for sure not making the playoffs. I mean, I guess if we really caught lightning in a bottle, but 
But we're just gonna take we're gonna take the, we're gonna take Cat and Russell and Culver and I guess Anthony Edwards, and we're just gonna start putting it together. We're gonna, we're gonna start piecing this thing together. Maybe we can uh, get something signed and trade from Malik Beasley. I mean, I really like Malik Beasley. I would have a hard time paying Malik Beasley. Uh, 15 plus million dollars, which I think he's likely to get for my team to be the 12 seed in, mm-hmm. you know, in the conference, but, but sh- whatever, like there's whatever you want to do, but like, we got to start building this whole thing of like, we got to win now, I think is a really iffy proposition at best. Cause I just, I don't see, I just don't see eight. Honestly, I don't see 10 teams that they are better than in the West. And so how do you, man, how do you do that? It's, it's a, I don't know. That's rough. Um, last thing before we get to uh, get to more like real bubble. I know we've. I said, oh, this will be quick, and now we're what like thirty minutes. Cool, <laughs> awesome, right? <sighs> A tradition unlike any other. Um, according to Brian Windhorst, I almost don't even want to talk about no, this. No, I, feel, I it don't feels like It feels like <laughs> jinxing it. It feel it feels like all of the bad the bad voodoo and the bad memories that we have had with this stupid Dallas Mavericks team over the last decade. But according to Brian Windhorst, the Mavs are the front runner to, to bring in Giannis should he decide to leave Milwaukee next off season. So I don't even like, let us remind you that (laughs) the reason why Giannis isn't already a Maverick (laughs) is because we played this game with Dwight Howard and it went very poorly. So I don't like I don't like speaking this thing in the air. And listen, don't get me wrong. Like every free agent who's legitimately interviewed with us, like not like LeBron or people that we had the money for, but like Darren Mm -hmm. Williams and Dwight Howard. And who's the other big one I'm forgetting? Um, Rashard Lewis. Rashard Lewis. Um, Like those guys did not end up being fantastic where they went. And they were huge cap problems after they left their mm-hmm. team so we dodged some bullets don't get me wrong but would i have absolutely i mean i was at a like a fall festival whenever i got the news about <laughs> darren williams and it ruined my day like i mean i was i was refreshing twitter every five minutes because people were saying it was about to drop you know but you know oh, like again goodness. we didn't yeah. get Giannis because we were trying to save money in the draft <laughs> because we thought we were getting <sighs> dwight howard and so one of one of the more frustrating. I hate talking in, about this stuff because history, here's the yeah. thing too. Like it's probably better in the grand scheme of things for basketball for him to stay in Milwaukee. Like yeah, you no, know? no, no, hundred percent, not not probably. It's hundred percent true. Yeah. And I don't want to yeah, encourage super yeah. teams, but would I absolutely love <laughs> to see the Mavericks be unbeatable for five, three to five years? Right. Absolutely, I would. You know, right. and so yeah. bring it on, man. Like let's do it. But you know, it's just. <laughs> But I, yeah. I I don't like talking about it, and it's like, in, because it, it's just weird. Like if you're a listener and you're not a Mavs fan, you don't get that it's weird to be a desirable team. Because <laughs> yeah, no, even, we've never had that. Yeah, because even in that. our best yeah. with Dirk, like no one wanted to play with Dirk, and they didn't realize yeah. that what playing with Dirk was like because they didn't know. You know, I think yeah. there's a lot of people that would go back and change that, but you know. <laughs> Now, I think people want to play here because Cuban's been a good advocate for players. He's kind of chilled out on his, you know, ridiculous, you know, quotes and stuff in the media. And he, you know, he advocates for his players. And yeah. Luca is going to be somebody who wants to play with, you know, like you're going to want yeah. to play no, with No, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's 99% Luca. It's that guy. 
the word is out on that guy, and I don't know if it's going to be Giannis. And there's we're we're going to talk about this some in the in there you know when we get into full off season mode. I'm sure, um, but. I don't, you know, whether it's Giannis or 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 Kawhi, you know, one of those like world class names. I don't know who, kn- no one knows. We don't, we don't know what's up. But and there's always a team that pops up out draw. of nowhere too. Like, like the Heat did that, you know, with Jimmy yeah. Butler. Like, I mean, like they weren't really a name until like the last minute, and then and the same thing with LeBron. Like, over the Heat weren't really on our radar, and then all of a sudden, oh wait, Chris Bosh is signing there. Okay, they're out on LeBron, and oh oh, oh wait, mm-hmm. hold on, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's always a team that jumps in at the last minute that that we don't expect. And so it's, it's, it's asinine to say that the Mavs are a front runner for a player who's not even a free agent. And we don't even know he's going to be a free agent, but yeah. I, I get it. But yeah. you know, I just, I hate talking about that. Even, even if, <laughs> even if, even if it wasn't my team, like, cause like, can you imagine yeah, being it a feels Bucks like bad right now? Yeah. Like, no, it sucks. It's, it super sucks. And, and, and God is, willing, we won't yeah. go through this in a couple of years with our players, but you know, right. but gosh, like yeah. that's just gotta be a nightmare. Like, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, all right, let's not. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it any further. We'll, we'll we'll get into some of this. I I, I anticipate that once we kind of know more about like what the off season is actually going to look like, we'll do some some sort of uh, prognosticating for each team. Kind of look at where each team is moving forward and and what they can be doing, what they should be looking for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and of course, we'll do that with the maps because they're our team. But I, you know, let's let's not get too far down it. But it's just it's just weird. It's just weird to hear the Mavs associated with um, a great transcendent player like that. As totally. Well. This is a destination for this person instead of instead of having it <laughs> sold to us by uh, terrible Mavs blogs that like, oh, this year they're totally getting Dwight Howard and Darren Williams. And then, you know, that's, that's never, never come to fruition. Um, all right. Buddy, before we get into uh, Lakers heat, really fast, let's take a break from all basketball, just a second, and talk about something completely different. Yes, we like other things than basketball, and we know other things than basketball. This is the time that we talk about them because they're not basketball. All right, as the song mentioned... We do have interests outside of basketball, although basketball, I would say basketball takes up 80% of my brain, Tobin. I don't know where yours, where yours is at, but, uh, but that's where I'm at. One of those interests that is outside of basketball, um, as we, we, we've never talked about this on the show before. We, when we've done this segment in the past, we talked about soccer, then we talked about movies. We definitely talked about Other manly shoes. things, other sportsy yeah. things. Right, right. Uh, yeah, and you're exactly. in for a treat today because it is not manly <laughs> tonight. <laughs> not manly at all, and and that's okay because we're we're progressive, advanced. It's uh, 2020. Men. It's 2020, y'all. It's okay for two bros to talk about the Bachelorette on a podcast. I feel like um, the Bachelorette is back, Tobin. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> it's Claire. <laughs> it's it's the. One of the craziest people that has ever been on this show uh, in like a functional crazy kind of way, which makes me very excited. I Look, so here's the thing. <laughs> I, I used to, and you, you're in this camp because I, I, for, I forced this upon you. Not this conversation tonight, but this, this uh, pop cultural entity. Um, I love The Bachelor. I love it. I love it. And I, 
it's ridiculous and somewhat shameful <laughs> and 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 uh, like the definition of a guilty pleasure but like when my wife and I were first dating um that was like one of the things that we did together was watch the 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 bachelor and the bachelorette and um I'm not sure. I would like to tell you that it was my my wife wanted, or my you know at the time my girlfriend wanted to watch this show, and so I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. But really, it was probably more me that was like, <laughs> we gotta watch this. Like, this is such a train wreck. I love train wrecks, Tobin. That's the thing. I like I like to make fun of people, which is funny though because you get really <laughs> uncomfortable in socially awkward situations. I do, and that's basically the yeah. whole show. <laughs> I like it when it's on TV. Not you, but um, that's not even true. Like there are times whenever you can't watch things because you are uncomfortable, and this is like the ultimate version of that. You know, you know, it really—it's a weird thing for me because I, I, I hate, I hate most reality TV shows. I, I, I would, I hate Bravo. I hate like The Real Housewives. I hate. Uh, selling sunset or whatever like all those shows i hate them i can't i can't stand it um the kardashian thing all of it all of it i I just despise it for whatever reason um the bachelor and the bachelorette sort of i don't know it's a safe space for me no there's Um, an answer for that and it's chris harrison Oh, Chris Harrison's great. Yeah, that's he, a huge. That's definitely a huge it, part of it. He keeps. He the should class moderate up. the next debate. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is he keeps like if you're watching the Real Housewives <laughs> shows or whatever because like every once yeah. in a while those get stuck on my house, you uh-huh. know. And those shows are there's no moderator to it. Like there's no. Yeah. So that's why those are <laughs> wheels off. You know, this show it's is, a competition too. It yeah. feels like I know it's a it's a, it's that's that's not it's not really a competition, but it but there's part of me that likes the competitiveness of it. If if that is. Uh, if that's a real thing or, or, or not, but, but yeah. And I, I love the, in, in for whatever, I always, I don't fall for it, but I, I get a kick out of the fallacy of the entire thing. Oh like, yeah. I'm here for love. And it's like, well, the track record of this says this is not accurate whatsoever, yeah. but it's just so, it's so crazy. So I, I watch this, sh- the, both of these shows, the bachelor and the bachelor, I watch them religiously. I, uh, I used to write recaps about them, uh, and I, <laughs> I, I was the, I was, I ran a bachelor fantasy league, which you won one year. That's okay. So that's how you correctly. got me hooked in because yeah. you were like, this was back whenever football, fantasy football was like even bigger. And uh-huh, you were like, yeah. Hey, I know Tobin likes to gamble on fantasy, <laughs> fantasy things. So, cause I made fun of you mercilessly about this uh-huh, because yeah, I, and you, yeah, and yeah. you were just like the, I, I guess I need to learn that when you were doing something, I probably should just do it because the same thing happened with <laughs> soccer too. But for I'm years, just wear you down yeah, until you, for yeah. years you made fun. I made fun of you and you were like, no dude, it's for real. And so one year you said, okay, I know you don't want to watch the show, but do the fantasy part with me. And I was like, that's interesting. I can do that. So I, yeah. my first season was the Sean Lowe season of the bachelor. Oh, great season. And, bachelor, and the reason yeah. why I was also interested in that is because he actually is from our area and he right. used to be friends with the guy, one of my coworkers at the time. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well at least I have some sort of like, you know, connection to this. And I ended up winning that year in the fantasy league and that yeah. show was that year was really entertaining and they are one of the ones that are still married. So yeah. great. Season, yeah. Man. I mean, so yeah. like I, I came season. in on a good year and I watched a few after that. I will admit I haven't been as much caught up. I've watched some things here and there. I've seen things on Twitter. 
I, I watched a little bit of Claire's Bachelor season when she was with yeah, Juan yeah. Pablo. I stopped watching that year because same. that guy yeah. drove me crazy. And he's like... I, I had the exact same thing. And I couldn't remember exactly. I went back and looked at that old... I, I still have like the, a blog spot for that, <laughs> that fantasy league that I found, you know. And, and, uh, and that was the last season that I watched. Was, it was 2014. So it's been six years. Like I've, I've, my wife still, still has people over occasionally to watch. So I've, it's not like I haven't seen an episode at any point uh, over the last six years. But... But I have not been um, actively involved. But like you know, twenty twenty is a dumpster fire. Uh, there's not a lot of entertainment sources. We've out watched there. all the things just at this point. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of Netflix. Uh, I mean, it's like there's just nothing. There's nothing left. And they brought back Claire, who is a total train wreck. She's, I mean, she's the perfect Bachelor contestant, and you know that because she's been on this four times. She's been. <laughs> She was a contestant on The Bachelor. She is now The Bachelorette, and she was on Bachelor in Paradise twice. So um, that's, I mean, that's an all, that's a Mount Rushmore. And wasn't she on the Winter Games one, too? Like the one that went with, like, probably. Yeah, that's good gracious. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's amazing. She, uh, she, I mean, she is beautiful, and she has the craziest eyes, and it's it's just such such a wonderful combination for reality television. Um so I watched last night with with uh, my wife and and a, fr- a friend or two and um my dude <laughs> this is this is going to be such a great train wreck. I I'm so excited. It was it was the most bachelor bachelor opening night ever. I mean, it was just the the whole thing like they spent 30 minutes talking about the the quarantine that they have to go through because of COVID and instead of having the, the mansion and like all these, uh, you know, these getaways and stuff there, they basically created a bubble in Palm Springs where they're all staying and stuff. Like all the activities are going to take place in this resort. And also at some point soon, I don't know, you watched it the same as I did. So I, I've tried to stay away from specific spoilers but at some point in the next week or two she's leaving the show and will be replaced by a different contestant. oh yeah they've already pretty because much she's hit, already yeah. oh my gosh i'm so you know why this I'm is great so it's because they basically created a, a show that used to be amazing that's still somehow on the air but they, yeah. they basically created the bachelor <laughs> at uh-huh. with um Oh shoot! I just now lost it. The the CBS one, the where they all go on, yeah, with yeah. Big Brother. Uh-huh. They basically yeah, combine the two, Bachelorette. and yeah. that is going to be the like the recipe for the best disaster ever. Because I can't wait. They can't. I like can't I mean, wait. I know they'd only stay in the house together and stuff like that. But like they always <laughs> like, but like they go places yeah. and like they you know yeah. fa- they like they go home and visit the families and like now you can't do any right. of that stuff and it's right. gonna be amazing. So it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. Um... The, the the clip that and then we'll move on and we've been on this too long but like the clip that that was the best for me last night was when they show like this season on the bachelorette and you know it's little clips of of what is to come and it kind of looks like when she leaves the mansion and and runs off with the guy that she's in love with or the the i should say the bubble not the mansion that <laughs> you just see all these guys go just bananas and it it looks like it looks like her leaving sets off lord of the flies or something i mean it's just so so insane and crazy they're just like watch she's leaving and then they just start purging i mean it's <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be great i can't wait um i i'm not going to tell you listeners for better or for worse that this is going to be a weekly occurrence but 
Oh, we it's going to be weekly. About it's going to be weekly. Like, let's just not, <laughs> what like, else have we got to talk no, about? No, let's not act like uh, we're not going to do this weekly. It, it may be a that's minute true. long, but this is going to be a weekly update because, listen, <laughs> this is the most entertaining thing on television right now. Okay, yeah. So, listener, if you have not done this already and you don't care about the show and you're like, dude, what are these two bros talking about? I, I'm telling yeah. you, first of yeah. all, the first episode is always crazy and it's always the, always the best episode. Yeah. Go yeah. to the website and look at the profiles of the guys. Up. Yeah, yeah. And that alone is entertaining in itself. Like, you can get yeah. so much just from that. There is one guy who is named Brendan. <laughs> yeah. And you look at his profile. I looked at the profile before I watched the episode, and I was like, oh, no. And the yeah. dude is yeah, 30. Yeah. His job is he's a commercial roofer. Mm-hmm. But his picture says... I think I am the most like Zoolander model ever. <laughs> and that alone yeah. is a good yeah. reason to watch this show. So yeah. yes, let's, let's Check get it to it weekly bachelor. We might even bring friends of like, we might even bring like yeah. Ellen on the show to do this. Cause I think it'd be yeah, great. Yeah. Listen, I was I'm real fast cross promotion. If you're listening to this and somehow you are not a mad about movies listener, I, we have already booked Ellen, our friend Ellen from, uh, from love that movie to, uh, to do, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be a weekly, but but I imagine three four times in the course of of this season, uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do some Bachelorette recap episodes on uh, Mad About Movies VIP feed. So check that out. A uh, little little cross promotion there, but we're 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 definitely we're definitely into that. We'll try to keep this from being like a twenty minute segment every. <laughs> every I don't know. Every we'll time. see. We may not. <laughs> we'll see. Who cares? Um, there's like eight listeners. It's fine. Um, all right. That's been your Bachelorette break. Probably come back and do it again next week. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Heat Lakers. They're not basketball. All right, dude. Um, let. I mean, do we even need to talk about the games? Game five no, was a week ago. I don't care. I mean, one of the best finals games I've ever seen. I don't care about the Butler games, versus LeBron was so awesome in Game five. That was. There's been very few NBA finals in my lifetime where I did not have a vested interest, meaning either my team was involved or a team that I just outright hate, hate, hate was involved or, or whatever that I was, there have rarely been an NBA finals game like that where I was pacing the floor. And you know, you've been with me <laughs> during uh tense playoff games. It's very of, stressful. Of, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's very stressful. No one likes to hang out with me during these things. I, I pace back and forth. I dribble a basketball everywhere. I go in and stand in corners and stuff during free throws. I mean, it's, it's not enjoyable. Uh, to be around me during these things. I shout, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I very rarely do that with a game that I'm, I don't really care at the end of the day. And I was very into the last 10 minutes of that game. I was locked in. That was a great, great, great basketball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it, it was. And it gave us a little bit of hope that the game, mm-hmm. that the series yeah. could be more competitive. And then game six came around. Yeah. And so, well, good gracious. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to just be honest with you. I've watched about a quarter and a half of, of game six. I unfortunately uh, watched the whole thing because I thought to myself, what what better do I have? I, it was more of a like sad, like, you know, like yeah. whenever you're about to take your pet to the vet, you know, and like and you're about to put him <laughs> down. Like, that's what I felt like is that, OK, well, let's get one. Yeah. Let's get one last game of catch in, buddy, before I have to say goodbye to you for for the foreseeable yeah. future. That's what it felt yeah. like. And it was and it was horrible. It was like I, I I just gosh, what a horrible, horrible game to watch for the last game of the season. 
<laughs> I know. This whole bubble, we didn't really t- talk about it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll touch on it more next week. But, like, the bubble experience was just incredible. And it was such a ridiculously well done thing. At the, I mean, yeah, let's stop down for a second to just, you know, congratulate uh, Adam Silver on zero positive tests for, for three months. I mean, that, yeah. that alone is amazing. So zero positive tests and like the worst thing that happened over the course of this entire thing, which, which stretched on for over three months, three and a half months. The worst thing that happened is that Daniel house had an affair (laughs) and, and Russell Westbrook, yelled at Rajon Rondo's brother. I mean, seriously, like, that's, what a ridiculous, I mean, can we, can we please just, can he be the president? I, I like, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how, I wrote what a, a great on job. I wrote a ballot, so. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I didn't know, they just, don't do they, that, please, not, don't. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> just, but seriously, Silver, the Players Association, everybody involved with this, I, there have been so few good things uh, over the last seven months from on a, on a, you know, on a global national scale, at least there've been so few good things. And I, I just, I'm so impressed with, with what they were able to, to accomplish. And I, I think a, there, I th- also, and I don't want to be petty, but there's a lot of people that should have to, <laughs> should have to send a notarized handwritten apology letter to the NBA mm-hmm. for the, for the takes that were, thrown out there uh and not just we like were in the midst of playing people like this. like nba people that were giving them yeah yeah it was, it was it was absurd so anyway uh great great accomplishment well done it was awesome but it was such a bummer of an ending to to what was just i mean such a great experience and and pulled off very well um but yeah i i, I started watching it and then and then uh i was busy doing other stuff and and um, I do that a lot. I don't. I don't get to watch the games quite often until later in the evening and whatnot. After my kid goes to bed and and all that sort of stuff. But by the time I could get back to it, I was like, "Why would I do this? This is this is a nightmare." Um, look, I love the Heat. Was the, the Heat were awesome? It was a they they overachieved perhaps, or they they really showed what they were made of, or both, or or whatever. Um, I really would have liked to have seen what this series mm-hmm. could have been like without injuries to to Bam and. And Drogic, having watched these scenes, I picked Heat and Six because I'm an idiot, and I got really caught up in the moment when we did our our predictions. I texted you like the next day and was like, "Did I really predict Heat and Six? I'm an idiot. I should not have done that." But, um, but it doesn't matter. I I made that prediction, and I thought it would be tighter. Watching this series, I think even with healthy Bam and Drogic, I'm not sure that that they could. They might have gone seven, but yeah, you know. but it at least would have been closer. Yeah. And, and, but, uh, and they might have gotten lucky, not lucky, but they might they might have snuck a you know a game and in one sure. series. But but mm-hmm. yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. So kudos to to Spolstra and 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 Jimmy Butler and the Heat and everything that that went with that. We're gonna spend the most of the, the rest of our time talking about the Lakers. Um, I am glad you know I usually lament that we only have time to record once a week because this is not a <laughs> this is not a full time job for us and wish that we could get on here more frequently and and do this sort of thing this is one time where i'm really glad that i had three days of, of distance between uh the end of all this and our actual recording because if we would have recorded sunday night or monday morning i was i was losing my mind because of nba twitter and and the takes that were that were flying around everywhere um there, so there's a ton of different questions and narratives that will come out of this as a direct result of the Lakers winning this title 
and I just want to throw them to you. I'm going to start with you on each of these. I've got a few questions here based on uh, NBA Twitter, based on uh, NBA podcasts, based on what we are seeing and hearing and writing and all this sort of stuff. And it, it all pertaining to the Lakers. And I just I want to get your take. And then I've got a few things that I want to sound off on as we go. Um, but let's let's just get it going. Real f- this one to me is super super fast. But I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me. Is there any question in your mind that LeBron should have won the Finals MVP? No. <laughs> but I do think it was closer than some people care to admit. Like, well, elaborate. So. AD was was not great for a couple of games, but his defensive presence yeah. was was something that you can't ignore. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about most valuable player kind of gets misconstrued a lot during the regular season. And mm-hmm. I think that I think it does in the playoffs, too. But, you know, outside of like the year Andre Iguodala won like this, this award basically needs to go to the person that drove the ship, you know, Sure. Like, yeah, Iguodala was fantastic and was very deserving of that MVP, but it doesn't typically go to that kind of player. You know, it's it's no, typically for sure, for sure. which star is the reason that we, you know, pushed, you know, we persevered. And there's no question that that was LeBron. I mean, LeBron, like even like like I know he didn't, you know, average as many points as he usually did. But like the guy was unstoppable whenever he needed it, whenever he needed things to happen, he made it happen. And yeah. he showed continued to show what he's already shown this year, which is he's going to beat you in more than just hero ball. He's going to, yeah. you know, open yeah. the floor up. He's going to rebound. He's going to do things in the, you know, in the game that are going to be better for his teammates than he would have in the past, you know? And so mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question. I just think that if they would have given it to AD, I would have been furious, but I don't think Same. it was, I don't think it was like a clear, that's not true. I do think it was clear. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't as like people, so you, you either have two camps, you either have the, AD got robbed or you have the no LeBron was so much better. I don't think he was so much better. I just think it was pretty clear that he needed to be the MVP. I thought the, and this, I mean, Nate Duncan and and Danny LaRue just straight up said, Oh, I would have voted for, for AD. And there were other people saying, I don't want to just call them out. There were others. I think that is a ridiculous take and I'm not a LeBron guy. So maybe I'm the right person to say this, but like, Anthony Davis was incredible defensively. Anthony Davis will win defensive player of the year next year unless he is unless he misses 20 plus games. He's he will be defensive player of the year. And you saw I mean, we both picked Giannis on our fake ballots this year and I I'll stand by that. I think it was the right call, but you see what he can be defensively when he's like fully engaged. I mean, the Heat could not get anything against him. Mm-hmm. And it was it was awesome. He he was incredible off, uh, defensively. Also, offensively, he completely vanished in game three. He was almost completely absent from game four until the last four or five minutes. Uh, And then, you know, even in game five, we got to spend. I'm so I I never I never want to question somebody's uh, injuries or their, you know, what's hurting um, or or call somebody's manhood into question over, you know, sitting out or whatever. I never want to do that kind of thing. I am so tired of him being on the floor. It, it it's it, it's like watching it's like watching uh, South American soccer teams play or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's perpetually injured. And and I don't know that game five reaction when he grabbed his heel. I mean, I don't know how many texts that I got of people saying, "Oh, Anthony Davis just tore his Achilles," and then he's back in the game five minutes later, mm-hmm. and it's just 
that's got to be exhausting to deal with. I, I don't know. I don't know how much factor that plays in it, but I know that uh, that number one, he disappeared offensively from a couple of these games. Well, and put himself and, in foul trouble that he shouldn't be doing. Yeah, like, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And number two, look, man, LeBron, I have definitely seen LeBron play better than this in the finals than he did in, in most of these games. I'm not sure that I've ever seen LeBron play with the urgency that he had in this series. He was you you said, you know, what do you say the 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 captain of the ship or whatever? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a perfect metaphor for him because he was he was everything to that team from an emotional standpoint and from a from a leadership standpoint from from just a a drive standpoint. You could see it. It was a to me, and this will play. This will come. We'll talk about this in a few minutes. I want to. I want to talk about the you know the chances of repeat or or you know where we go from here with him. But like to me, I felt like I could see him recognizing, I'm 36. There's not going to be many more chances for this. We have to win this now, and that that pushed that team into overdrive. Um, over and over and over again. I mean, game three was not a good game for him, but otherwise... I mean, but even in that game three, there were moments where he took the ball and he got what he needed to get done. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that Mm -hmm. they, like, it wasn't peak LeBron, but, like, he did things that still helped. I mean, like, even if he wasn't winning, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, he was able to still do things. And even if it's just a decoy, like, that's that's the thing. Is like, I don't feel like you get that same... Respect from really probably much anybody else in the league, at least not right now, you know. And yeah. let's not forget the dude is turning 36 in December. Like, that's the I thing. Know. Like, he's in year 17. And so that, like, that all of that put together to me still says, you know, he is the guy. He is going to be the finals MVP as long as he averages that, you know, close to what he usually does and does what he usually does. Like, I just don't think that like, like if in order for anybody else to get that on the Lakers, they would have had to average over 30 points and just be unstoppable. Like in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally with you. I, I just, I could not fathom. Man, I, I really, I just really, I can't, I, I don't, I can't fathom watching that series and saying, yeah, I think Davis was, was the MVP of that. That was, I'm honestly, with the exception of of the 2016 Cavs, I, that's probably the most impressed by LeBron that I've that I've ever been mm-hmm. in a final series. I, I I was, I I I thought he he was masterful in the way that he did. I, and, and it was again, it wasn't just the stats, it wasn't just the scoring or whatever. It was the way that he drove that ship. And I I don't know, man. I I. I I thought that was I thought it was insane. It would have been insane to vote for for anybody mm-hmm. else. He was unanimous, so clearly the voters agreed, but I don't know. I saw that narrative just, floating that, around. That was, whole narrative about wow. Anthony Davis has just gotten this last week and you're about to talk about it, I think too is is just kind of he's he's kind of been overblown, you know, by the NBA media. So So that is my yeah, that is my next question. I I was I've said before, I I I I perpetually walk away just sort of unimpressed. Or not even not unimpressed. Unimpressed is really the wrong word. I always find Anthony Davis a little lacking with what we get from him on the floor. And every once in a while, you see like those games where you're just like, "Holy crap! How do you stop this guy?" And there isn't any way. 
and then he'll he'll the next three games he'll he'll just kind of be indifferent to basketball. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very frustrating. My question for you is where do you st- now having watched this series in which he was very very good overall and and was a defensive freak and did a lot of great things and I guess was potentially the MVP of the series if you're listening to a certain certain set of people. Um my question is where do you stand on him now in the hierarchy of the league? And I I I will tell you I I find myself in a weird position with him where I feel like he is not as good as the Anthony Davis fan club would have you believe, but better than the Anthony Davis doubters would have. It's just a, it's a weird, it's a weird place for me. I I mean, like I heard Jared Dudley this week being saying like, Oh yeah, he's the best. He's the best power forward of all time. And I, 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 I push back against that so hard. And I love Jared Dudley. I think he's one of the best interviews in the NBA. And he said a lot of really smart things on this podcast and I know he's on the team. So it's, you know, you, you, I get it. I understand the, the, the internal politics of that, but he was not the only one saying that. Like the athletic had that whole thing that that we tweeted about and, and you and I and Aria were texting about that just made us all insane. Like, is he the best big man ever? And I wanted to, I wanted to throw my phone out of the, out of the car when I saw that. It's just a really weird place to be. He, he's, he's, he's difficult for me to define on, is he a top three player? I don't think so. Is he a, is he worse than the top seven? I don't think so. You know, it's just somewhere in that range. I don't know. Where 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 do you stand on Anthony Davis at this point after his his crowning achievement to this point in his career? I don't think that. I I, I don't like. I think he's overrated. I really do. I just think the problem is is that I think he's overrated, but I think he's in the perfect spot to be who he mm-hmm. is. I think he's with the perfect player. I think he's in a perfect spot. And I think that he's, he's been good for where he is. I just don't think he's as good as people are trying to make him just because he's had one. Okay. Season with the Lakers, you know, and they, <laughs> and they even were yeah. dogging on him earlier in the year when they were talking about how he wasn't living up to his, you know, reputation and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's just, the thing is, is that like, I'm trying to compare it to like what Katie did because when KD went to the Warriors, everybody did the whole, like, well, you had to go, you know, you didn't really earn your rings. You had to go and do that and this. And he still gets that to this day. I think there was a report today that he, someone asked him that today, you know, because he did a media with the, with the Nets today. And the thing is, is that when KD did that, he went over there and he took over. And it was his yeah. team. Yeah. And he's the reason they won. Not the only reason, but he is the main reason they won those two titles. And he probably would have won a third if he wouldn't have gotten hurt in the thir- in that third mm-hmm. one. You can't say the same thing about Anthony Davis. And that may be unfair because he's going to with LeBron and not with Steph Curry. But he didn't even get really sniffed close to what LeBron's dominance is. He just kind of did his sure. he, he exploited a team that didn't have the player they needed you know, in the finals. Yeah. And, I think there's something to that. I mean, and he, yeah. and he did that yeah. a little bit against, you know, the nuggets too. And, and it's just, I, I, I don't feel like propping him up to be this top five player is, is good now. Uh, so I don't, I don't think he's a top five in player in the NBA right now. I think he's top 10, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, like everybody right now wants to put him as like, you know, the third, second, third or fourth player. And it's just like, no, no, I don't think that's it. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at. It, it's a... 
I mean, some of it is positional. I I get it. I understand. It's just, I don't know. I, the, the 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 Davis stands drove me a little bit nuts. From a, maybe maybe it's even just from a historical perspective. Maybe that's what I really am grouchy about. But but to I mean, are we for real having a conversation about <laughs> about Anthony Davis being better than? Tim Duncan and which is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the way the athletic phrase it wasn't even power forward; it was big man. So you're we're for real going to say Anthony Davis is better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Russell and Shaq and Hakeem Olajuwon and Moses Malone and Tim Duncan, like I mentioned, and Dirk and KG. I'm I don't know. I mean, there's a place for him somewhere in 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 the grand scheme of things. I don't. But really, we're going to do that now uh, after. I don't know. Uh, it, 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 it's a weird. It's just a weird spot. Most everybody else that's in the top ten players in the league, I feel pretty competent, confident. Excuse me about where they actually sit in that ranking. And and if we're you know if if I say whatever, uh, if I say Kawhi is the third best player in the league, and you say well he's really like the fifth or sixth, then I'm like okay, we can we can agree with that. But the the Anthony Davis one is is it's tough. It's it's just, it's just difficult. It's just very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I I just don't see. I don't know. I it's it's a weird it's a weird thing for me. Okay, quickly, where does Vogel sit for you in the coaching <laughs> ranks right now? About the same place that Mike Brown and Ty Lue do. <laughs> no way, no way. I, mean, I think Vogel proved himself to be. I mean, okay, a better fine, coach than what fine, I have given him credit fair. for. Sure, <laughs> I, like. <laughs> I just, he probably, and I liked Vogel before he went there. I just thought he was a fine coach. There wasn't anything wrong with him. I just, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I mm-hmm. think I, I'm going to be really short to start propping him up before I see what he does with another season under his belt with this team. Cause yeah, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like th- that's again, that's not fair. I get it. You know, but it's just, it's that same <laughs> old thing of, it's easy to be a good coach whenever you have the arguably the best player, but definitely the second best player in the history of the NBA. Like that's just, yeah. Unless you're David Black. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I, I think <laughs> I was not a fan of that hiring. Um, I, th- and we, and we were... both said that by, by this time this year that it would be Jason Kidd's team, you know? <laughs> and so like, we were yeah. both wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, no, there's a big laughing point around the league, uh, or at least around the media of, of really you let Jason Kidd get on your bench, bro. You were in trouble. Um, but it, you know what it, it, I, I, there are things that he did really well. I mean, he's a defensive coach and they were, a, I mean, that's what, I mean, they're a, they were a very, very good defensive team all season, but especially in the bubble, uh, during the playoffs, or whatever. So that goes to him. He stood by Rajon Rondo, and everybody in NBA media Twitter circles said, "You are an idiot for playing Rajon Rondo. He is terrible." And yeah. Rajon Rondo was probably their third or fourth best player mm-hmm. down the stretch of the playoffs, and that for sure has something to do with the trust that he, you know, he built up with with Rondo over the course of the season. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. And there's some other things that he did. The thing that, that maybe is the most impressive to me or the, or the biggest thing is like Zach Lowe mentioned on his podcast, uh, I don't know, yesterday, the day before, uh, that he really came in and just said, I mean, this whole, we, we just said, like the Jason Kidd thing, Jason Kidd sitting on the bench, we, we all kind of expected if this doesn't go well, then they're going to fire Vogel and move Kidd in by January, you know? And 
he took that instead of taking that as and being threatened by that, he really took that as a an opening to just do whatever he wanted to do because he's like, I'm getting paid no matter what. So if they mm-hmm. fire me, they fire me. But I'm gonna I got this three or four year I got this four year contract. I'm gonna get paid no matter what. So I'm gonna do the things that I think are what's best for this team. And that ultimately worked out. I think a lot of guys wouldn't have had the guts to do that. And so I respect it. I mean, I don't think he's a top whatever like elite level coach in the league at this point but he definitely went from somebody that i i wasn't all that enthused about to like okay actually he's a pretty legit coach he's a pretty legit coach um and he did he did more than than i anticipated Mm -hmm. um but now let's get real petty for a second (laughs) because i do not feel that way about about this next question so i asked you about anthony davis i asked you about frank vogel how much credit should we give to Rob Polinka and Jeannie Buss? So Jeannie Buss, she's an owner. She makes her players feel wanted. Whatever. Like, that's good. Uh-huh. Like, that's fine. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. Polinka, don't care. Like, basically, like, I mean, I know you're having to deal with <laughs> Magic Johnson's garbage and stuff. But, again, it, it's the same thing I feel about Vogel. Okay, so you it best convinced LeBron to come to your team. And then, <laughs> you know, and that's at best because let's be real. How much convincing yeah. was needed if, if LeBron basically said, I want to make space jam two in LA and I want to make yep. my, my business yep. moguls, you know, in mm-hmm. LA. So let's go play for the team that has the space and it's, and it's the Lakers, you know, like, and so mm-hmm. I just don't, that's like whenever the, you know, the Yankees were hot and it's like, well, the Yankees are offering him $300 million to come play there and they're the Yankees. So they're going to get the job, you know, they're going to get the, exactly. Yeah. And so I just don't, yeah. I don't have any, like, I, I just don't see how that's considered to be a, you know, a plus, I guess. I don't know. Cause like the thing, no, I'm totally if with you. you put I'm Rob totally Polinka right. in, um, shoot, even Miami. Like, can he do that in Miami? I don't think so. I really don't. No, I, I mean that that's where I stand on all this. And so look, I listened to I've listened to a million podcasts over the last few days. I anyone who listens to this show knows you and I both. We we kind of we dog on Bill Simmons a lot. So I I feel like if if I'm going to I'm coming to this from a place that that I think I have we we have a pretty decent history at this point of like not really agreeing with everything or a lot of things that 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 Bill says. I think he's a hundred percent right uh, this week talking with Rosillo uh, at the end of the, the Jared Dudley uh, podcast that they did. And, and he just basically uh, to sum up what he said was these guys were born Polinka, especially born on third base and thought he hit a triple. Mm-hmm. The, the, there is the things that I will give him credit for are uh, signing Markeith Morris, who I thought would was a complete bum and actually provided a little bit of, of uh, life for them. Um, and that is it. I don't know. I mean, keeping Rondo around, but really that's a LeBron thing, not a, a, a Palenka thing. Well, and that's I mean, the other thing is like how many of these players came because LeBron came, you know, like, Oh my God. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, it, no, it's the no same no thing that happened that we actually dog LeBron about is that he's LeBron, the GM. And sure. so like, what did you, what did you like? I mean, yeah. Like the, the mid season trade of Marquis Morris. Yeah, sure. That's good. Like, 
But right. also the Clippers did the same thing with Marcus Morris, and he, you know, he was great for them. Yeah. And so sure, no, I mean they they got him on a buyout for no money and and no asset, and and he he proved valuable. I mean, if you want to give him credit for perpetually overpaying KCP, and then that finally coming to you know to fruition and and being worthwhile in this playoff run, then okay, fine, I guess. But like this whole thing of. And there was a big blow up over the week too. We didn't even talk about executive of the year went to Lawrence Frank with the Clippers and Polinka finished like seventh yeah, or something. Everybody was mad about that. Yeah. Everybody was mad about it. And I'm like, dude, he has nothing to do with this. He they have LeBron because LeBron wanted to go to LA. That is all there is to it. That's all there is to it. He wanted to play in LA because he wants to he wants to play where he lives. He wants that, you know, the 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 home where he, the, where he has it, and he wants to make Space Jam too, like you said. So he wanted to play in L.A., so we picked the Lakers, and then he came in and he forced every player on that team out because that's what LeBron does. He, he forced the coach out. He did the LeBron thing where he comes in and resets his whole, and then he said, "Now I'm going to go recruit Anthony Davis." I mean, there's just. Rob Polinka did nothing. Rob Polinka did nothing that you or I could not do in that role because all you had to do is just sit there and be in LA. You know, I mean, that's just, that's, that's all there is to it. Genie, I will give a little more credit to for not being James Dolan. Mm-hmm. That's because that, that's the thing. It's, it's, the Lakers have been an absolute dumpster fire for over, over a decade at this point. Um, but Genie didn't let it become, Genie gave it more stability uh, after the the uh, the gym bus thing than what James Dolan is currently giving the Knicks because that's the difference between the Lakers and the Knicks is that their owner is such a screw up that he can't keep that team from being the laughing stock of the league um, amongst the players. Uh, the Lakers were terrible, but they weren't. I guess they weren't as big a laughing stock as as the as the Knicks, and so. They were able to benefit from that, so I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not coming for for Genie Rob. I will. I don't think Polinka has done anything. So yeah. whatever. But but Genie, I, I think Genie's been fine. And you're right. She you know she supports her players. She's provided some stability there. But it's not like that that that's been a beacon of great decisions that have been that has transpired under under her watch uh, over the last however many years she's she's been in charge. I I don't know. I congratulations, Rob Polinka. You have a job in with the Lakers. Cool, awesome. That's that's a, that's it to me. That's that's the the end of it um, as far as like the job that he has done. But and we've seen this know. already with what happened with Mitch Kupchak. Mitch Kupchak oh did a gosh, great job, yeah. you know, in quotes for a while, for a while yeah. <laughs> with the Lakers, and then things started to fizzle out, and then he went to the Charlotte Hornets and just destroyed them. So. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's and listen, a lot of bad. Like, I'm not saying that it's, it's bad, but like, let's stop acting like he's the next greatest GM. I mean, that's the thing is like, he's right. I mean, sure. He's, you know, he's got the, you know, he's dealing with the Lakers and stuff like that. And that's great. But you know, also let's not, you know, let's not get mad about the fact that he's the seventh executive, you know, and that's voted on right. by the executives. It wasn't even by writers. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is like, yeah, that tells you right there exactly what everybody else, you know, feels. So yeah, no, no question. Um, this is my last one for you. I'm gonna. I don't want to do LeBron Jordan. I don't want to do it. This this episode's gone long enough. I'm sure there'll be time to talk about it later. But I, I I need another week of distance before we, or three weeks or or eight years or whatever before we do this. I I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, there's so many bad takes on on both sides of the LeBron Jordan discussion. Um, 
But let's so let's finish with this. Lakers next year. Will the Lakers repeat? They are currently the favorite in Vegas. They are at seven to seven to two odds plus three fifty. Um, real fast after the Lakers, the next then you have the Clippers at plus four hundred and four to one odds. The Bucks at plus six fifty thirteen to two. Celtics and the Warriors are plus twelve hundred at twelve to one. Then after that, you go Brooklyn, Miami, Denver, Houston, Toronto, the Mavs, and Philly. Uh, the Mavs and Philly at plus three thousand and thirty to one. I think is ridiculous mm-hmm. for the Mavs, but that's okay. I don't. The Mavs are not winning the title next year. Do not get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not that kind of homer that's that's yelling that. But if I'm a, if I was a betting man, I would much rather have the Mavs at thirty to one than the Rockets or Raptors at twenty to one, or honestly, the Nets at fourteen to one. So. There is that, but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Or will the Lakers repeat next year? Just right here, uh, as far away from the finals as we can possibly be, uh, seven to two odds. What do you think the Lakers are doing next year? I think if they stay where they're at, like team wise and personnel wise, I don't think there's any chance. I just okay. you know, and well, that's not. I shouldn't say that. There's obviously a chance, <laughs> but. I, I think that they benefited from the fact that LeBron could get some months off to re- rest a little bit, and. You know, our buddy Ariel told said this. I'll give him the credit. He said the other day that LeBron's never had to play consistent defense like he's having to play yeah. with this. And I think the, the, the this year is probably going to be you know like really like probably going to take his toll on him. The fact that he is you know thirty about to be thirty six, and I think that coming back next year that'll that'll probably wear him out a little bit. On top of the fact that this this season lasted for three hundred eighty something days, you know, and so. On, and it's just the West just keeps getting better and better. And we don't know what the Clippers are going to do. We don't know. Like, the Mavs are going to get better. The The Warriors are going to be at least somewhat back to being the Warriors. Like, it's just – it's going to be even more of a gauntlet to get through that. And so, barring another bubble experience, I just don't see how, like, the odds – I wouldn't take those those odds, I guess, necessarily as much as I would okay. other teams. Okay. I think the thing they have going for them, well, number one, they have LeBron James. That yeah, and that's the thing. I, that I said that when we when we predicted the series. I said, you <laughs> yeah. can't go against him. So, I mean, if he gets back to the finals or he gets to the Western Conference finals, then, yeah, I mean, that's different. Yeah. But I think getting there is going to be a lot harder next year for them. I think it took more urgency than uh, what maybe has been. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, it. it I think that that the path that they got to take because they tried hard in the regular season and the Clippers didn't. Um, and then because the bucks fizzled out and, and all this sort of stuff, I, I think there's a perception that maybe even I'm guilty of at times where it feels like they sort of breezed through to, you know, their championship. They, what well, you know, blazers in five rockets in five, did Nuggets go six? I can't remember, dude. It's been so long. I'm sorry. No, I, can't. I think I can't they went five. Five or six. Okay, Nuggets in five, and then six against against the kind of downtrodden Heat team in a way. And I, 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 I think maybe that sort of overshadows the level of intensity and the urgency with which LeBron especially, but the entire team had to play with in order to pull that off. And that wears on you. It's tiring. And more than that, it's hard to do that. It's hard to get to that level again and to to hold that intensity for another season. And so 
potentially that could play a factor. The, the flip side of that is this is a terrible time to be a free agent. Um, if you're hitting the, the mm-hmm. free agency market this off season, it's a terrible time. And next season, potentially next off season will be a better time. And so it would not surprise me at all to see not only those veteran guys who are kind of hanging on for one last shot at a, at a ring, but, but some of the mid-tier guys that in a normal offseason might be able to walk into 10 different teams and say, I want 15-plus million dollars and get offers from a bunch of those squads. And this offseason are looking at, man, so I could go play for the Hawks or I could take $5 million to go play for the Lakers and probably want a ring or at least have a really good shot at it. Okay, sure, I'll do that and hit free agency next season. I, I think there may be... I'm not going to say like a full on parade to the Lakers, but I, I, I think there's going to be a name or two that will take, that will end up taking a big pay cut uh, to go play with LeBron and the Lakers and, and really get a shot at, at that ring that otherwise in a normal off season, we might like would it wouldn't surprise me at all. For example, if, if Gallinari was like, yeah, sure. Give me 5 million to play for the Lakers. And then I'll hit free agency again next off season and, and get, you know, 17 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of guys like mm-hmm. that. So they could, they could add some serious depth and that would make a big difference because they need, they need it because they, you know, they had to, the cupboards are pretty bare after the Anthony Davis trade and also Kyle Kuzma sucks. And that has been, I think, proven, proven out at this point. So um, whatever they thought they were going to get from him, I, I surely wouldn't count on it, but uh Anyway, I, I that that I think could be. I will say right now, if I had to bet on it, I think I'd probably would say yes. But it's not for me. It's not. I wouldn't put that money down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not. We're not flying to Vegas tomorrow to put that money down. I think it's a bad. That's a tough one, especially this far out. But but I definitely, they are rightly the favorite by a, by a fair stretch. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, because LeBron is good at basketball, it turns out. All right, man, let's wrap it up there. Let's come back in a week or two after we've had some distance and some time and talk. I think we have to talk LeBron Michael at some point Mm -hmm. because we're an NBA podcast. It's contractually obligated, um, but I kind of don't want to. So maybe, maybe somewhere down the line. Or maybe there'll be enough things that come up that we don't... Maybe we'll talk about The Bachelor for an hour next week. I don't know. Um... We'll see how it plays. Well, the, Thank you so much for being want, here, listeners. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you want more hot bachelorette talk from us, uh, let us know. And if you don't, we don't care. We will do whatever we want because this is our podcast and there are only eight of you. So um, thank you for being here so much, listeners. We greatly appreciate you. If you like what you heard, number one, thank you. Number two, tell a friend, bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us so much to carve out a space in this very cramped uh, podcast market. Also, how many basketball podcasts are talking about The Bachelorette? Not many, I would guess. So that probably makes us unique. Uh, And lastly, leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned uh, in the past. And we like to read those out at the end of the show. Again, thank you for being here. We greatly appreciate you. Until next week, stay hard, Rodney Rogers.